0: You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 106. Oh, that overlay is still up. Episode 106 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Lark, at Tank on Twitter. And all y'all know a little secret about what's been going on. Uh, College football is back. Uh, if y'all didn't already know, uh, so yesterday, if you've not been watching college football like I did all daggum day, uh, let's just say it's great to have the greatest sport in the world back on our televisions. Uh, I the see last yesterday, I watched the see, I watched a little bit of UMass, Mexico State. I'm talking about them later on in the show. Same thing as Hawaii and Vanderbilt uh, games that just ended not long. After not long before I started recording this, uh, the first game I did watch of the day though was, of course, oh my lord, why'd I forget about it? Uh, what was it? Oh god, the 130 game, it was oh, Notre Dame and uh, Navy. I almost forgot about that game, uh, a game where I'm still confused on whether or not Notre Dame is a good team or not. I won't know that until maybe like week three when they play NC State, but uh, what I came to the conclusion of either. Notre Dame is good this year and might win nine or more games or Navy is just horrendously bad and might go 0-12 because that's just how bad the day looked. But this is an Auburn podcast. I'll be talking about Auburn football for a little bit. So football news have been going on. Uh, four-star safety, Zaquan Patterson has announced his commitment to the Miami Hurricanes. A, we kind of... He kind of had a little bit of a little bit of love towards Auburn for a little bit. I, I thought that I think he could have been in the in the running for Auburn, uh, but I think ultimately it just came down to Miami. And you know, he's from Florida, so it makes sense uh, that uh, with the fact that you know, I, 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 I don't know what i to say. This this reverts my brain thinking too fast. But yeah, so Auburn. Lost out on a four star safety, uh, yet another safety that we've lost to a school in Florida, uh, right after KJ Bolton, who ends up going to Florida State. But the week was not an empty one for the Auburn Tigers in recruiting, as they did pick up a three star defensive lineman in Dimitri Nicholas, a six foot three, 295 pound D lineman from Norland High School in Opalaca, Florida. If anybody knows how it says that correctly, let me know. Uh, but, yes, the position that Auburn has been really desperate for, I believe, at least from what I what I think. I think it's one of the bigger positions that Auburn does, in fact, need to load up on uh, with most of their good defensive linemen leaving after this year for graduation and or the draft. It just kind of depends. Uh, and, and it's a position that we've been hearing not many great things about. It's a position that Auburn's been, been very – or Hugh Freeze has been very adamant on saying, like, oh, we were having trouble stopping the run. And it's just been something that they've been struggling about. Uh, we talk about it all the time here. Uh, after well, after that, I think last week we talked about it a few times. Uh, this Auburn is struggling in practice in fall camp to really put a hold on the run game, and they can't really stop the run unless they load the box. And it doesn't really doesn't really help the fact that Auburn doesn't have the best linebacker room, and that really hurts the case. Uh, whenever we actually start playing teams like UMass who has a dual threat quarterback who is going to be able to run the ball, hopefully not on Auburn, but can run the ball nonetheless. And if you go down the list of Auburn quarterbacks that they're going to, or quarterbacks Auburn will be playing against this coming up season, it's uh it's a tough slate of dual threat guys. I mean, you're looking at uh, KJ Jefferson, you're looking at Jaden Daniels, you're looking at Tyson whatever his name is from UMass. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say his last name because it's just, I, I don't know. Uh, Tyson P. Foma Chan. Foma Chan. I don't know. Uh, something along those lines. Uh, but you're looking down the list and you don't go what Carson Beck. Uh, Connor Wegman's going to be more of a pass first guy. Jackson Dart can move with his legs. Will Rogers pass first, of course. Uh, then you kind of get to AJ Swan who can move but he's more of a pass first and then of course uh Diego Pavia uh ran the ball 14 times a day and makes he kind of has a like, a little mixture of uh a little mixture of triple option in their offensive scheme from what I saw today uh but overall a lot of dual threat guys and it, that Auburn has on their schedule and if Auburn can't pick up their run defense from what we've been hearing in practice. Uh, it might not be a fun defensive season from the running side of things, uh, rushing side of things, but Nicholas, uh, Dimitri Nicholas is a big, huge pickup. He's a three star. It puts Auburn back at 15 or keeps Auburn at 15. I would tell you what happened, but currently twenty-four sevens uh, website as I'm talking right now, is not working for me. Uh, But Auburn is at 15 in the country, and of course, like six in the SEC. So Auburn's still moving on up in the recruiting world for the 2024 class. And it's a class that, again, as Trevon Reed always says, we are not finished yet. Uh, Plenty more to pick up for this 2024 class, but it does help to have a guy like Demetrius Nicholas, a big, strong defensive lineman who in his last season uh, as a junior, he totaled 33 tackles, 15 of them for a loss, eight sacks, five quarterback hurries. And uh, for a team that went five and five, I would say that's pretty good. And he transferred to Norland in Miami. So uh, hopefully he has a big season for him. I don't know if he'll hit a four-star while he's there. He could. Maybe I'm trying to figure out what the difference is, but I wish I could go look, but 24-7 is just not working for me. Uh, maybe could hit a four-star. Maybe if he has a good enough season. But a three-star defensive lineman. Uh, the linemen are always the ones that are harder to rank. Uh, so, fingers crossed. Give him get that fourth star and boost that Auburn class up a lot. And now before I get in back to the college football conversation, go to the NFL for a little bit, talking about the Carlson brothers, who decided to have a little bit of a day of themselves. Uh, Andres Carlson hit a 57-yard field goal for the Green Bay Packers when they were playing against the Seattle Seahawks. And Daniel Carlson hit a 62-yarder during their win, or their loss, to the Denver Broncos, who, by the way, uh, not not the Broncos, uh, the who who the who are the Raiders playing? Cowboys. I believe they're playing the Cowboys. And then you go to Jared Stidham, who also had himself a day for the Denver Broncos when they played the Dallas Cowboys. There we go. Or no, the Los Angeles Rams. Good lord, I swear I have all this written down, and I am just not reading it right. Jared Stidham, of course, on uh, during his preseason uh, game, at seventeen to twenty eight, two hundred thirty six yards, and a touchdown, while also getting a carry for twenty yards as well. And a guy who. I think if Russell Wilson starts not performing up to code, I think George Stidham has enough on his resume to where I don't think that they'd be too upset if they had to play Stidham a little bit this season. But it's something weird with going back to the Carlson brothers. Anders, he got drafted. And we were kind of all shocked by the fact that Anders got drafted just because I, I think that his career at Auburn was one of the more, uh I want to say overrated. I, I would say, uh, you know, Daniel comes along and was the greatest kickers in college football history, let alone Auburn history. And then I comes in with a lot of of expectations of him and he underperforms, uh, and he had injuries and then he gets drafted. We were kind of, we were very much shocked, not kind of, we were very much shocked at the fact that he got drafted. The Packers took him and now he's going to be the starting kicker. It looks like, and him making 57 yarder is kind of telling of that. And it's kind of weird that we didn't really see this side of honors while he was healthy at Auburn. I felt like he was a perennial, like seventy to eighty percent kicker. He had he had one good season, but injuries and inconsistency really affect his career at Auburn. And then he goes to the NFL, and out. I mean, kudos to him. I'll be rooting for him if if he can pick it up, become one of the better kickers in the league. I'll be rooting for him. Uh, I I just I love to see the development in the NFL, and I'm glad that the Packers saw something, saw the potential. And that he's actually going to start distributing out uh, to the NFL, and I mean, I made a joke earlier uh, while I was on the phone with someone that Anders might if he doesn't have a good enough season, he can just get cut, and then you know maybe he'll do the same thing that uh, Daniel did; he'll just go to a new team and and actually absolutely ball out. But actually, it, I, I do think that Andres from all accounts I've been hearing from Packers Twitter, has been very very good for Green Bay in both practices and the preseason. Now I get back to college football for a little bit. Just talk strictly college football, nonstop for however long I feel like talking about it. So, the Auburn Tigers are playing the UMass Minutemen in just under a week, six days. I uh, just think of first one coming, Jeremy Johnson days away until Auburn football. That'll be the uh, tw- the, that'll be the noon thirty post right there. Uh, Jeremy Johnson days away from Auburn football and we got to see two other Auburn opponents for the 2023 season compete as well but let me introduce the outside the loop segment so we keep you in the loop while you're here talking strictly Auburn sports non-stop 24-7 whenever wherever right here on the college loop but for this football season maybe for other sports as well we're going to do a little segment where we're going to keep y'all outside the loop. So, yeah, I still very much love that intro. Just a little, little, little stinger as it comes up. But yeah, so starting off, UMass Minutemen beat the New Mexico State Aggies, both of which are on Auburn's schedule 41. 41- to 30 a game that was pretty close up until the i don't say the end pretty close all the way up until the end uh where it just came down to a touchdown from the from the minutemen that gave him the lead uh given the 11 point lead they had a three point lead and got the got the three point i don't know i turned it off so i could get ready for the vanderbilt game which finally came back on but looking at UMass, I think they're a little better than what we thought they were going to be. I, I don't think they're going to be a team that's going to give Auburn very much fit, uh, but they're a team that, uh definitely better than the one-loss team of last year, especially from this. It's either that or New Mexico State's just worse than they were last year. But looking at the stats, uh, Tyson P, I'm not going to say his last name because I don't know how to say it, 10 of 17 for 192 yards. Uh, then he also rushed and led the team with 96 yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. And it looks like UMass does like to run the ball. They ran, rushed for 197 rushing yards while also only passing for 192, like I just said. Uh, defense had three sacks and forced two interceptions, returning one of those interceptions back for a pick six. Overall, I don't think it's a team that Auburn should be too extremely worried about. Uh, it'd be, again, just never overlook your opponent, uh, especially when it's going to be a week one matchup where you don't know how your team's going to go out there and look. Uh, and on the New Mexico State side of things, the team that Auburn uh, just, again, has not played very often. The last time they played them was in 2012, whenever Auburn got their 3-9 three, three and nine season. Uh, Diego Pavia... 250 yards passing, three touchdowns, two interceptions, while also running the ball for 222 yards as well. Also forced a fumble, or no, lost a fumble. There we go, lost a fumble. And their defense also zero sacks from the New Mexico State defensive line, no interceptions as well. So New Mexico State struggles defensively, but they can run the ball if Auburn lets them And Both those teams can run the ball. So uh, both teams, Auburn, should be kind of worried about running-wise uh, if they cannot fix any issues. But honestly, I just feel like Auburn's going to be able to out-talent them nonetheless. And now to kind of look over at the other game we're going to talk about. And this time, I'm going to have another Stinger play. But this one's going to just kind of be – it might be his own video series that we do throughout the, throughout the uh, college football season. Basketball, baseball maybe as well. Just a way to kind of look into the other conferences or conference opponents, conference, uh, sec teams. Look at the other sec teams going around and see how they're doing in their respective games. So, it'll be a new, another series we'll be doing throughout the year as well. It'll be its own little series, five to ten minutes of its own little videos. But this one's called Gimme a Sec, which I thought was a clever little play on words. I'm gonna play that one for you real quick, and then I'm gonna get into the Hawaii. Review and talk, tell you about the Commodores. Yep, another one. Give me a sec. Sponsored by the College of the Podcast. But I watched the Vanderbilt game from start to finish uh, after the two-hour delay. So as you can tell, we're recording. I'm recording this pretty late, so I'm a little tired. That might be why I'm a little out of it. But the Vanderbilt Commodores are officially one and. Oh, after taking down the Hawaii uh, Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. I'm going to call them the Minutemen. in a game that came down to Vanderbilt getting interception to kind of clinch the game. Uh, overall, I think this Vanderbilt team might be a little worse than what I thought they could be. I think their strip might still be a little competitive if they're allowed to be. But overall, Vanderbilt's defense just doesn't look good. Uh, Hawaii's quarterback. Threw for 351 yards, three touchdowns. It had an interception at the very end as well. Running-wise, Hawaii doesn't really run the ball that much. They're one of those teams that kind of stick to their guns with the, uh, the air raid. So they didn't really run the ball that much. But when they did, they pretty it looked like they broke free a lot. Uh, one running back, of course, got a 22-yard run. Didn't score, though, on it, but he did get he did break free for it. Vanderbilt did struggle running the ball. And it's not because I think Hawaii has a good defense or anything. I just think that they ultimately just struggled running the ball uh, during uh, during this game. But there are some players that Auburn should be looking at kind of worried about. Uh, one of those being Jaden McGowan, a guy who has blazing speed. I mean, he, got, he, he ran a kickoff return back 97 yards. And I think it was the first kickoff return touchdown that Vanderbilt's had since they said either 2014 or 2016. But nonetheless, just a really fast playmaking uh, wide receiver that Auburn should keep their eyes on, and everyone should be scheming for whenever they play Vanderbilt because he's fast. And I mean, he, he is like SEC caliber fast, and that's the kind of players that Vanderbilt needs if they want to pick up the pace in the East and actually go back to whenever they used to win more than more than four games in a season. But overall, uh, watching the Vanderbilt hawaii game there was a big prevalent factor so the fact that hawaii stayed in this game so if if you're if you're a betting person if you like to sports gamble hawaii or vanderbilt was a 18 and a half point favorite going into this game and they only won by seven uh it's because at one point it was 35 to 14 but vanderbilt allowed them back in with the fact that their defense just isn't very good. Uh, Vanderbilt's defense is bad. I mean, they were letting up uh, open plays left and right. Uh, they were not able to stop runs in key situations. Uh, and it was just overall just a very, very poor performance from the Vanderbilt defense. And that's kind of why I was on the on the edge kind of saying that maybe Vanderbilt, is not as good as I thought they were. I thought Vanderbilt, well, I don't think Vanderbilt by any means is going to be more than a five win team but I definitely thought they were being a little bit disrespected for what they can be this year. And I definitely think that they still might be better than Florida. That's still yet to be determined. Uh, Come back for the next Sunday show. uh, Whenever we talk about the Florida Utah game, or if we talk about sometime during the week, during our hint to uh, what we're going to talk about in a few seconds, talking about the game week schedule, the special that we're going to be doing for this week and this week alone. But, Overall, Hawaii and and Vanderbilt, the game, it was a fun game to watch. And it's a game where you're like, I'm really glad it's not one of my teams playing. But Vanderbilt, that defense is bad. That defense is really, really, really bad. And if Hawaii's not a good team, like what I've been hearing, that they might not be. But we never know until they actually run out on the field. Uh I just think that the Vanderbilt defense just can't stop the pass. Uh and that we saw that with the fact that the losing team had 350 passing yards. Uh and these Vanderbilt DBs, I mean, they made plays uh to get the they got two interceptions, uh one of them came from the backup quarterback, or was that a fake play that happened? Yeah, backup quarterback came in for a little bit and threw an interception on his one and only pass of the game. Uh they forced two key turnovers, uh, but they gave up a lot of big plays, and they allowed Hawaii to get back into the game. Uh, and looking at this, the three teams overall, I mean, UMass, I think, is definitely better than we expected. Maybe New Mexico State's worse than we expected, or maybe they're on the same wavelength, and UMass was just better today. Uh, UMass and New Mexico State both great rushing attacks uh, for their respective conferences. I think Auburn's still fine for both those teams. I think it just means you need to just scheme a little bit better, play a little bit better run defense those days. Uh, because if you let them run all over, it's not going to be a great great year for the Auburn Tigers if you end up giving a lot of rushing yards up for UMass, because that means Georgia, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Alabama will all be running down your throats non freaking stop. But, and again with Vanderbilt, I think the defense is just too bad for Auburn to really have a huge chance at losing that game I, i still think that vanderbilt if overlooked could still very much cause some issues in the sec and for the auburn tigers but just umass new mexico state vanderbilt it was fun watching all those three teams play uh because those are all three teams that we should be looking at basically early on uh film session just watching those games see what they can do uh, and it looks like UMass, and Mexico State, again, really like to run the ball. And the Mexico State kind of uh, runs a little bit of a triple option alongside uh, along, along in their scheme. Uh, UMass uh, can run the ball very well with their uh, stable of running backs and their quarterback, uh, Tyson. Uh, again, just, I don't think Albert should be too worried. I just think that it's... Uh, I just think it was the two teams playing. I just don't think their defenses are very good. I mean, 41 to 30 is a pretty high-scoring game. 71 total points. Uh, maybe defenses are just bad. So we saw three bad defenses and two good rush, rushing attacks and a good passing attack from A.J. Swan. So again, just don't overlook your opponents, and you won't have an issue. But now, before we move on, and I tell you all about our little, little thing going on, I'm going to predict how the SEC East... And the SEC West is going to look for the 2023 season. And if you caught up to last episode, you know that I already have Georgia winning the SEC. So they're clearly my number one in the East. Right off the bat. My number two going to the East, Kentucky. I have Kentucky as the number two team in the East, followed by number three, Tennessee. And the difference between these two teams, in fact, I think Kentucky has the better quarterback. Uh, Just not potential wise, but just overall wise. Uh, I think I think Nico Iamal Valeva, I definitely butchered that, uh, could be a great quarterback in the future, but he's not gonna be playing this very year. Devin Leary is a huge pickup for the Kentucky Wildcats and for Mark Mark Stoops. Yeah, Mark Stoops, not Bob. I always get them confused because the Stoops brothers all play uh together. Uh and then at number four, I'm gonna go with the South Carolina. Gamecocks, followed by the Missouri Tigers, and then, of course, the Vanderbilt Commodores at six in the East, leaving Florida to be my last team in the East, uh, a season where I just think they're going to have to fire Billy Napier, and I proved to everyone that the Graham Murks experiment just should not have been tried at all. But yeah, I, I think Vander, Vanderbilt is going to beat Florida again. I think Missouri, I think Missouri, U and USC, and uh, I think two through five, UK, UT, USC, Missouri, could all be inter interchanged amongst each other. I, I think these, I think the East is very is the top. The number one is always easy to pick in the East. Seven and six, I feel like are pretty easy as well. I guess it's going to be Vanderbilt or Florida flip flop six or seven. But Tennessee, Kentucky, USC, and Missouri, I feel like they could be interchanged amongst each other. Now going on to the West, looking at the SEC West at number one, I have LSU winning the West for the second year in a row, followed by the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, And I hope I'm wrong, but I think Alabama could potentially be up there. Uh, And it all comes down to the Iron Bowl which we were previewing this week. Uh, so it kind of comes down to that as well. And then after Alabama, I'm actually going to go with the – sorry, I'm doing this as I'm going. Actually, you know what? I'm going to reverse it now because I feel like that makes it more interesting. At 7 in the West, I'm going to go with Mississippi State Bulldogs. So that makes it that makes it easy. i got to go to 3 through 6. At 6, I'm going to go with the Texas a and Aggies. I think that it's time to give up on Jimbo Fisher. I think that he's doing less with a lot more than everyone else. And then I just I just think this is the year Jimbo Fisher gets fired. I just don't think that he's gonna be around long enough to to really see any of these players that he uh very, very skillfully recruited uh to to win games and I just don't think Bob Petrino was a good enough hire. I think it was a bad hire actually. Uh and I, I said it before, I think for what Garrett Riley what was a I think great Garrett Riley was a great hire for Clemson. But the adverse, I think Bob Petrino was a terrible hire for AM. And if they if you were to rank coordinator hires, it'd be Riley one and then Bob Petrino at the very bottom of the list. And coming in at number five, I have the Arkansas Razorbacks. I think losing Kendall Bryles hurts your team than a, more than it helped. You don't bring back any uh veteran wide receivers on the team. You're kind of just banking off of can kj Jefferson stay healthy and cuz offensive line stay good health, healthy enough to keep Raheem Sanders that's one of the top running backs in the league. And, and when and with that I just don't think Arkansas is going to be very good. I think it's Sam Pittman might be coaching for his job as well. Uh and then coming in at 3 and 4, that leaves Auburn Tigers and the Ole Miss Rebels. And I am of the belief that Auburn is going to beat the Ole Miss Rebels. So I actually have Auburn coming in at the three spot in the West, Ole Miss at the four spot. So I think Ole Miss is a little bit overrated. I I, I think that people see this great transfer portal class, and they think, oh, yeah, this is going to work out well. but I just don't think their class is as good as they think it was. And I think Auburn's – I think Hugh Freeze – it, it, this is also my best case scenario as well. Uh, if you Freeze can turn some things around with the defense, uh, you know, you get three weeks to get for you going SC play. I think he could turn this team into. And what I'm at right now, in prediction wise, uh, Auburn is currently nine and two going to the Iron Bowl for me. And nothing about that has changed my mind. Looking at it, I, I think I think some of these games are still very much toss ups. But best case scenario, I think Auburn could definitely finish third in the West. I don't think that Auburn is going to. I don't. I don't want to say it. I, I think Auburn is going to finish nine and three this year, and that kind of spoils my prediction for the Iron Bowl a little bit. But I think nine and three is good enough to give Auburn the third spot in the West, and I think beating Ole Miss definitely seals Ole Miss at the fourth spot. And just kind of also to proof by case that Lane Kiffin's just not a big game coach. It's just not a thing that he's ever been really good at, especially at Ole Miss. Uh, and very time, very few times they actually beat a highly ranked uh, team. But well, that kind of concludes the football segment of the show. Uh, and before I do, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all know a little secret that's been going on. So again, this is the game game day week game week for Auburn's college football season starting on September 2nd. Auburn is going to be playing UMass on at 2.30. And leading up to this week, we are going to be doing a little special going on. And I'm just going to throw up the schedule. There it is. Let me get rid of that banner for y'all so y'all can read that bottom part. So we are going to incorporate a, a show coming out every day this week. We have a Monday. It's going to be kind of a normal show. Just a Monday edition of the show. Tuesday, we're going to have two guests. We're going to have Jacob Goins from Radio Alabama and ESPN 106.7 on the line, their daily show. And we're also going to bring back Brooks Walton. We've missed him. Uh, he's been enjoying his life as an engaged man. So they're going to be back on the show. Wednesday, we're going to have Caleb Jones just to talk about some more recruiting stuff and just also just start and preview some Auburn football as well and thursday i am very excited for it. we're going to be doing a thursday live stream at 7 p.m central standard time We already got some guests lined up noah griffiths jacob hellman uptempo twr and vince wilfram as well and then friday we're just gonna have a nice little game day special for the week one preview where we basically just kind of be doing our preview for umass we did it Good Lord. That was 11 weeks ago that we did that one. Uh, But kind of just redoing that. We now know what UMass is going to look like. So that's going to be fun for us. Just kind of go through, uh, just kind of, you know, just preview the game. Just kind of like how game day would do it. uh, And then also kind of make some predictions for other games as well. Uh, So we're going to get more of the, uh, give me a sec outside the loop. And then after that, go back to the normal schedule. Uh, Maybe, Still add that Friday uh, game uh, game previews as well, just to kind of, you know, talk about strictly just the game itself and kind of save that conversation for the day before. And, you know, also kind of give us a little fun to talk about some other teams. Uh, just I mean, we talked about last show, uh, just some of our conference champions. I currently have Penn state winning that championship. I've been getting a lot of backlash on that, but I'm going to stay true to my guns until they prove me wrong as well. But now to go into some other Auburn sports, but actually wait with college football starting up uh, and not having college football on the, on the screen for seven months now, it's got me feeling some kind of way. One of those feelings would be, oh, I've been feeling a little loopy about college football starting up and the best cure for feeling loopy is to buy your very own feeling loopy t-shirt right here on the warport.com go to their shop get the shirt if that's too much work for you we got the link in the description for you so you can just go down to the link leave a comment leave a like subscribe if you're not and pick up your own feeling loopy shirt as far as we know uh, scientifically proven that everyone that's bought a feeling loopy shirt has actually experience more happiness ever since they put it on the shirt for the first time it's something that's kind of weird it kind of boosts your serotonin levels up it's so fun uh to see this happen live and i mean the stats speak for themselves i mean we talked to 10 doctors all 10 of them put on the shirts they all agree it's the best shirt for you it's the best shirt for football season so go down and get your own feeling loopy shirt today and i guess also just enjoy the season, uh, uh, season, uh, <laughs> uh, as well. Uh, so talk about some other sports going around right now is currently volleyball season and Auburn volleyball after getting out of their exhibition matches has started their season going three and Oh yesterday with two sweeps as well. So it took them four sets to beat Coppin State in a three to one McNeese State sweep, a Jacksonville State sweep, and the War Eagle Invitational. And I mean, this Auburn team is so freaking good. And we talked about them. We saw them last season. They also did very well as as well. And I mean, Akasha Anderson, she is so cold. Uh, she had she had sixteen kills, which. Don't know what that is. I guess go look it up. I'm not the best at explaining volleyball terms. I'm still very much learning the sport as it stands right now. And sorry, my mustache is trying. I need to, I need to shave. So, Auburn volleyball, very, 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 one more, very good. And a team that you could definitely gonna see in the postseason this year. And a team that definitely should be getting a little bit more, should be getting a lot more love. And I think they are. I think volleyball is slowly growing. uh, And it helps that they're very good right now. And right now, they're going to be getting ready to travel on Saturday, uh, September 2nd. I guess not traveling, but traveling this week to Tallahassee, Florida. where they'll do the Seminole Invitational playing SMU and Florida State on a Saturday-Sunday matchup. And then other women's sports, soccer has started up uh, two days ago, actually, or last week uh, on the 20th. When they want beat Troy five to zero, we talked about that game. We talked about it, and then this past Thursday they played Syracuse, beating them two to one, and now they're going to be going into Army West Point. So basically, just tr- staying in the state of New York, going to play Army at noon today, as I am recording this, uh, and kind of keep the streak alive. Uh, currently, Auburn has. Marissa Arias and Cindy Richards, both leading the team with two goals. And the soccer team also very, very good as well. And it's really fun to watch as Auburn sports teams, as as all the other sports start getting a little bit more love and a little bit more support. It also seems that they also are getting a whole lot better as well. So go support soccer, go support volleyball, both really fun sports. And they're both really, really good. In their te- uh, for their respective teams because right now vo- volleyball is three and zero, soccer is currently two zero and one because they tied with Sanford uh, on August seventeenth. But yeah, keep up with the sports, support Auburn all the way through. As you know, Pat Dye always said Auburn fans love Auburn, Alabama fans love Alabama football, and I think that st- that stands true even to this very day. Love you, Pat Dye, and go support Auburn soccer and volleyball because they're doing very well. And they deserve the love right now. All right, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have for today. Uh, I'm Dylan Lark. I'm to tank on Twitter or X. Also I have an Instagram at Dylan Lark as well. Make sure you put the CK and Lark. People misunderstand that a lot. But if you want to follow the College Loop, you can find us literally everywhere. You got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, X slash Twitter, all at the College Loop, and right here on YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, leave some questions, leave some comments. Get prepared for the game day special, game day week special, whatever we're going to call it, the College Loop, because we are going to have a lot of fun. I'll put the schedule one more time for y'all just to show off all the guests, all the star performers that are coming. Monday, normal show. Tuesday, Jacob Goins and Brooks Walton. Wednesday, Caleb Jones from Rivals. Thursday, 7 p.m. live with all of those beautiful guests right there and then friday we'll be having again our week one preview of the umass minutemen leave some comments on that leave some comments on what you hear about from the from this upcoming auburn season and again it's a podcast if you're tired of seeing our faces if you think we're ugly completely understand have you seen tar i completely get it So. If you want to just avoid looking at our faces, you could have you can go listen to us. You have us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course on Spotify. But again, with all that being said, thank you all for all the love and support we've been getting. Uh, hopefully, we can get to a thousand subs very soon because I am very excited for Colin to actually have to start running a MySpace whenever we get that. And Colin is still getting that techno dance. We are I it, once he is officially. Uh, settled in at his apartment. He's doing the takeout dance, and I'll make sure of it. But again, with all that being said, it's been the College Loop podcast.